Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen. Hello and welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's Nintendo show. I'm your host, Casey DeFridis. I am joined today by Pear Snyder. What's up? Zach Ryan. Barp, barp. Tom Marks. <laughs> Hello. And that's it. Those are all the people we that's have it. today. But we will be talking about... You should have gone back around to Pear. <laughs> yeah. And, and Pear. Pear Snyder. Hello. <laughs> so we're going to be discussing the new Switch rumors. Again, they came around back last October. They're back. Also about a uh, Kirk Scott quote about how he hopes more indies get 
the chance to collab with Nintendo, and a whole bunch of other news, and also the Yoshi review that Tom just completed. Hooray. Which will be publishing around the time that the show comes out? No, it's, it's already up out. Now. It's, it's already up. out now. So if you're mm. listening to this, you can go read the entire review. Yeah. But hey, first off, let's talk about the new Switch rumors. So basically, the Wall Street Journal claims that Nintendo is working on two new models of Switch. One is a pro version, another is a cheaper version. Mm-hmm. And Eurogamer has its own sources, which is basically corroborating what mm-hmm. the Wall Street Journal is saying. Um, we first heard these rumors back in October with even less detail, just, oh yeah, this is same, happening. Same dude from the Wall Street Journal, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Same it's thing. Mochizuki. Yeah, he's he's out of Japan, right? Yeah. He's their Japan correspondent. But yeah, it's I mean, I, I think there there are the credible rumors of a hardware iteration, and then there's the kind of the talk about a hardware iteration. Just like you can say with a lot of confidence right now that PlayStation 5 will be announced either at the end of the year or the beginning of the next, you can say that Nintendo, a company that has always iterated on its hardware, will iterate on its hardware. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Switch being both a replacement for a console and a handheld, that but makes a lot of sense to happen now, right? I think that this this being the second time that this rumor has been, mm. has come up in such a way and the fact that now Eurogamer is in on it as well yeah. leads me to believe that this is probably, like, pretty substantiated at yep. this point. And... I wonder how pissed Nintendo is about this. Well, what's, what, well, it happened last year at the worst time. You don't want a rumor about a hardware change to come out before the holiday, right before the holiday season, season, right? So yeah. that wasn't great. But it now, certainly didn't hinder hitch uh, hitch sales. You know yeah. the Nintendo hitch. But but uh-huh. it's kind of funny. Like we we talked about this last year, and we said, well, they'll e- either do a version with uh, the, basically the controllers built in, like a 3DS replacement that's mm-hmm. cheaper, or they'll do a pro version, probably with more RAM, and you'll be able to chat on your headset. And you know all of that um, cross cross game, and it sounds like now the rumor is they're both mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And the che- the cheaper one, I think part of the rumor was that it won't like won't have rumble and certain things like that to kind of cut down on price. Yeah. People have also said that the Joy Cons won't be detachable; it'll just be one. The, the, yeah, right. It, it will just. Be, I mean, this it's the 3DS replacement basically. Yeah, right? yeah. It's yeah. Like the 3DS is going to die because there's not going to be much new software. So mm-hmm. it makes sense for them to do something also with a smaller screen. You know, just like the 2DS is a mm-hmm. weirdly wedgy, like budget version of the 3DS before it. Not that. Yeah, itself. I think that's that's sort of the driving point here is like the their handheld space has always had two iterations. Like there, there's always been two versions of X thing, right? So like this totally makes sense that that they would do the same situation on Switch because a pro version makes a lot of sense for for dedicated console players and a handheld version makes sense for people that are a little more casual. So the question is now, will the one with a built-in Joy-Con, will you still have a dock or a connection to your TV and you just have to buy a pro controller to play with it? Obviously, you know, that would require that the machine has Bluetooth and all of that and be able to use an external controller. Or will they say, it's a Switch, but you can't actually switch? Just like they said, it's a 3DS, but it's actually 2DS. 2DS yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do a similar 2DS thing, but not exactly that. I wouldn't be surprised if they sold it. It could dock, but it does not come with a dock. Right, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I think I think that's possible where they're like, hey, if you're already on a Switch and you want to take it out on the go. I hope they say, you hey. Want- <laughs> <laughs> hey. They marketing is like, hey. got Switch at one another. No, uh, there's. Oh, I just choked. Just killed Zach. Okay, we killed Zach. I'm sorry. sorry, but I think there's the possibility that they might do something like that, where just to cut down costs. Right? No. I wasn't prepared for that terrible New York accent. <laughs> well, Brian's not here. So I know. We got yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, they've done this with their handhelds where they left out, in some territories, they left out the the adapter, the power adapter, I, mm-hmm. and they're going to cheap them, this one. I could also see them doing like a, 
a USB-C port at the top of the switch and you just plug in a cable, you know, right. like USB, uh, I would kill USB for that. To, uh, yeah. C to HDMI or something. Oh man, that's what I wanted on the switch from the very beginning. <laughs> yeah. But like they still haven't come out with that. So yeah. would they actually come out with that now? Yeah. I hope. I mean, I, I would love to do that because I'm think, tired of carrying think about how, with me. how much they've changed about their, their consoles, their hardware over the years, right? They've always released slight, either slight iterations inside where they made the chipsets cheap or they dropped an output or they added something. Yeah, I remember when yeah. they dropped the uh, GBA uh, slot out of um, yeah. the original DS. Yeah. A bummer. And then they re- released an N64 with, with a Pikachu stuck to it. With its cheeks lighting. Oh, uh, yes, iteration. <laughs> Sam's got that one. <laughs> oh, the N64. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like the featured 64 at Sam's That's desk. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's so hideous. Yeah. I love it. It's yeah. cute. Shocking. Yeah. yeah. That's so uh, weird. Because uh, it's Pikachu. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know we get it. <laughs> Very but, brand. But, but let's talk about the Pro one. So um, a more powerful Switch, the... The, the problem with that is that you now have to introduce scaling into games. And like, yeah. it's not that huge of a problem because Sony's doing it, Microsoft's doing to, it. I mean, to an extent. PC developers are doing it. To an extent, I'm, Switch already does it, right? Like I'm, it scales, it oh, yeah. throttles based on frame rate, you know, based on whether you're docked or whether you're playing in, mm-hmm. in handheld mode. They had a few games that were new 3DS only as well. I know yeah. Xenoblade Chronicles was yeah. only Xenoblade Chronicles. Uh, what was the other one? The big one. Uh, Monster Hunter Ultimate was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think. Monster Hunter. No. Monster Hunter Ultimate? Generations. Monster Hunter 4 <laughs> Ultimate and Monster Hunter Generations could be played They worked on, on both? Bi- yeah. Hmm. There was it Binding had, of Isaac, though. There were a couple of things that had some some unique hooks was for the 3D. better the played 3DS. on the new 3DS. There was one specifically the, no. that was like, yeah, I forget what the like killer app for the new 3DS was. There wasn't one. Wasn't. There was no killer app. Well, it was, yeah. just, it was Xenoblade Chronicles. Just maybe, Hi- yeah. yeah. I think Hi- Hyrule Warriors not running at a horrible oh, frame rate. Yeah, that's yeah. right. The thing yeah. that that the this conversation, well, the thing this conversation actually makes clear, at least, is that anytime you do a hardware split like that, where one a new version is stronger and can play things better or different, it is confusing and weird. Yeah. Like, at least to me, it just causes confusion. And I don't know. I'm actually generally curious if people out there. Are, are bothered by that sort of thing too, because it seems to bug me a lot more than it bugs I, a lot of other people I talk you, to. But that's because you don't. You still have a dial-up phone. Most people have iPhones. <laughs> and that's true. Tom doesn't even time. have a cell phone. He just pulls out like yeah. a full rotary phone yeah, out of his right. pocket. It's really wild. Picks it up. <laughs> goes, hey, yeah, it's me, Tom Marks over here. <laughs> oh no. So what would they have to do with the Pro or the more portable version to make you guys want to buy one or the other? 1080p screen on the little Pro. Okay. Right. Yeah, that would be mm-hmm. that'd be number one. Uh, better battery life. Um, fix friggin' HD rumble. Fix yeah. that HD rumble. I turn it off. I hate the way it sounds. Like yeah, in handheld oh, really? version. In handheld it's, version, yeah, it's awful. It's awful. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it sounds like everything. you know when you put your phone on the desk and your phone rings. It sounds like that just in hand. It's it's such a nitpick thing, but it you really get bothers. excited about very little things. <laughs> I was now playing... introducing quieter rumble. Yeah, that's well, fine. I was playing I, I, the World in store with that on, and yeah. I had it immediately turned. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was playing. Yeah. I was playing. Um, I forget what game I was playing, but I was in bed, and uh, the the HD rumble. My <laughs> my roommate's cat hangs out of my room, and the HD rumble like came on and scared her. Like she just like jumped. Oh. Up. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for for me, it would just be fixing, like I just want to see them iterate on a lot of the little design flaws, like structural design flaws that better kickstand, <laughs> better kickstand, yeah. better dock, better uh, kind of the click on and off of the Joy-Con. Yeah. Like, I'd really love to see along with it, whatever this Pro is, a Joy-Con improvement as well, because I think that the Joy-Con over the last two years have just been 
kind of like they I really like the Joy-Con, especially like I'm probably in the minority of people who like the way they feel. Like I really like the form Me factor too. of it. But man, there's just so many little problems that have pro- popped up over the last two years, like desync issues yeah. and like left stick, left stick drifting, drift. yeah. like yep. the thing not attaching anymore. There's so yeah. many of those that they could just fix with another iteration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, one thing, if if the pro is oriented towards people who take Smash Brothers really seriously, for example, mm. you could imagine that, you know, they'll change the the power and the headphone um plugs to be in a better spot for example they'll, they'll kind of remix the inputs yeah. and maybe they'll add something like a like a modem direct support for the system without mm. the uh, without mm. the dock like some of those ideas might might happen yeah but I, I, but I got a feeling like I, I have a feeling it's going to be more like new 3ds where there's yeah. an incremental update and structural like you said structural improvements so the joy cons don't get stuck and all right. that kind of stuff. I my dream feature, and I don't think this will happen. But my dream feature is that they say, "and we're making Joy Cons with analog triggers," oh, and yeah. just say, "you know, you don't have to use this if you don't want to." But like future games now have this as an option, and, and yeah. the Pro may have the D pad on it. Like right. they might, like right? Yeah, I mean, I'll have to buy out, it just for the Joy Con. <laughs> with Pokemon coming out this fall, I mean, it, it makes sense for them to come out with a more portable option with better battery life because mm-hmm. that is historically a an on-the-go game. Mm-hmm. So if they come out with a Sword and Shield Special Edition Switch, I'm going to get that. That's what it. <laughs> but, ta- that's what it will take. But I, just just Pokemon. <laughs> I really, I really hope they don't do the like. I really hope, first of all, as a an owner of many uh, Joy-Con, I hope they don't redesign the Joy-Con so that oh, there's yeah. actually a split, I don't, split I don't in the market. I don't I think they would either. Could, I, but. Maybe they'll do a little upgrade like they did with the Wii Motion Plus, remember that, where the hardware actually did change, so like mm-hmm. analog triggers or D-pad or something? I, I'm, I'm shameless in that I still want, I want them to get weird with Joy-Con. Like my dream for the Joy-Con is still little Donkey Konga bongos that you slide onto the side of your Switch and play with your thumbs. <laughs> like that is my ideal world for where You're Joy-Con the only person in the world that wants ton, tiny like Donkey bongos. You're telling me you don't want little Donkey bongos <laughs> no, on the side I'm of your judged. Switch. I don't even want to say the word Donkey bongos. <laughs> Donkey Konga. Bongos is uh-huh. the correct term. <laughs> I'm starting that movement. No. I'm starting that petition online. Donkey Bongos for the Switch. Yes. All right, so Tom needs Donkey Bongos for the Switch <laughs> to upgrade. If we to named the pro. episodes, I would move that we name this episode Donkey Bongos. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Done. Thanks. Now I don't uh-huh. have to think about it afterwards. Yeah, you got it. But hey, so we learned about Cadence of Hyrule last week yeah, during yeah, yeah, the Nindies yeah. Direct. It's super exciting. And then um, I guess Venture Beat interviewed Kirk Scott, the, the quote, Nindies guy. And he asked him um, if we're going to see more indie developers get to play with Nintendo's IP. And Kirk Scott said, I hope so. I totally hope so. Yeah, this is great. I think this is validating for a lot of indies out there. <laughs> Tom, didn't you also get some quotes from yeah. Kirk Scott? <laughs> yeah, well, I talked to, I talked to Kirk and I also oh, talked to, to Ryan Clark. Well, he, he didn't, I didn't ask that specific question, so that's still definitely Venture Beats get in that yeah, regard. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I also talked to Ryan Clark, who's the CEO of Brace Yourself Games, who mm-hmm. make Crypt of the Necronancer and are making Cadence of Hyrule. Um, and it's it's really cool. It sounds like when, what Clark told me, too, was that uh, essentially how this happened was they were like, hey, uh, c- can we put like Zelda as maybe DLC or something in Necronancer? And Nintendo was like, how about a game? Like mm-hmm. it just – like Nintendo was excited about the idea, which is I think a really big – like even this this quote from Kirk, too, is like – it's a big shift in Nintendo's mentality about like how do we give like who do we let have the keys to these big franchises that we run because usually they were like these close guarded things that they never let anybody like I mean they use third party developers here and there Hyrule Warriors Capcom Capcom made yeah. Minish Cap that sort of thing but they were still always like 
pretty close to the chest. And this is Nintendo opening up in a really cool way. Yeah, yeah I mean, we kind of talked about this a lot last week, or a little bit last week, about um, third-party developers taking on Nintendo franchises and stuff, but lo- never have we seen indies of this caliber kind no. of tackle these, these IPs. So that's what's exciting to me is, like, so much iter- iteration or ideation is happening in the indie space that isn't happening in AAA gaming. And th- the idea that we would get a rhythm puzzle based Zelda mm-hmm. <laughs> like 16 bit looking game from Nintendo in 2019 is just baffling to me. So yeah. like the thing about it that, that is most impressive to me is like they're handing, they're handing these IP off to like, not, I won't say risky, but just sort of outside of the box partnerships. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah. And, and this quote from Kirk, I think it's important to note does not confirm that they are doing more of this. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. like, it's just really, really they're neat. Open to it. Yeah. 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 And Elden Pixels actually, I don't. They released Alwa's Awakening, which is an adventure platforming game. They actually they tweeted Nintendo specifically asking if they can do a follow up or remake of Zelda Two: The Adventure of Link. And what did Nintendo have to say about that? They have not said anything so far. <laughs> They're not going to say surprise. Yeah, not yeah. on Twitter. What a weird way to go about that. <laughs> yeah. But boy, does it open up a lot of fun ideas yeah. of like, man, just give. Uh, image and form Metroid. Yeah, last week. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah let's do it. Brand last week on the show said exactly that. We all kind of went round robin talking about what what uh, developers we'd want to see indie developers take on yeah. you know, Nintendo franchises. And I think Image and Form said Metroid. I said I'd love to see Yacht Club talk uh, talk about Kid Icarus. <laughs> I, thought, I thought they'd be a good one for that. Who who do you think would be a good indie developer for a Nintendo IP? Oh. War, come on, Chucklefish for Chucklefish Advance for Wars, Wars. Please. Yeah. <laughs> that one sells itself. I that's guess, the yeah. only like that's the only way we're gonna get that one. Yeah, um, I actually, I mean, there's some indies like if you guys remember AM2R, the the Metroid Two remake mm-hmm. from you know that was just a single dude worked on that. Yeah, and it was it, it's just great. But like, they slapped that down pretty quickly. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But like using someone like him, like just like Sega did with Sonic, using uh, you know a hobby programmer to redo a classic game in the Super NES style, for example, I think that'd be really good to see. Oh, Sonic was actually on the Sega Genesis. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Genesis. I, think, I do. I do agree. I think. Yeah, they did Sonic what Nintendo. Mania, yeah. I think any like old school developer that's like was around in that era and now needs and is still around mm-hmm. should be looking at Sonic Mania as like the model, right? Yeah. Find people who are passionate about those games and let them make them. Yeah. Well, it took it took Sonic years of iteration and trial and error right. to find somebody that fit the mold to, to do that. Right? Yeah, like, totally. Fans yeah. were like, no, just make this game again, but do it better. <laughs> and they tried and tried and tried and just couldn't get it right. And then finally they looked at the fan base to do it. And yeah, that Sonic Mania is probably the best Sonic game since Adventure. So yeah. 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 But there, but there's so many clever indie games, you know, especially some of the pixel art kind of mm-hmm. like like 16-bit looking games, side scrollers, where you could take a forgot, forgotten Nintendo franchise and bring it back in a really meaningful way. I think it'd be really well, cool to try that. I kind yeah. of want Night in the Wood developers to grab like Animal Crossing or Zelda and <laughs> make a really story-based game about those like Animal yeah. Crossing characters because they come up with. Really hilarious personalities, but they aren't really like dwelled deeply in Animal Crossing. Yeah. But it'd be like really about. dark. Like Tom Nook would be like a drug dealer. Or like, you know, <laughs> I mean, and that's he... real life, Zach. Yeah, yeah but not wrong. <laughs> but I, I would would love you know think of Dead Cells and apply that to Kid Icarus. Like you know, do something like that. That's a retro style, and and have a competent developer do it. Be great. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to some news. Um, first of all, Yacht Club Games, uh, the Shovel Knight dev, is publishing Mega Skull Cyber Shadow. They said that it's been being worked on for the last 10 years. Oof. It looks like a, an action platformer 
you control a ninja named Shadow, and it looks like kind of cyberpunky with a lot of mechs. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, what do you guys think? Yeah, it looks, they literally I, just it's going to be at PAX, trailer. right? Yeah, yeah it's I, playable at PAX East. I watched a trailer, and I think it looks really cool. And I love a good ninja game. I'm deep into Sekiro You're right now. Big ninja guy. Huh? I lo- I'm, yeah, you also love the, what was the the other one? The, the um, messenger. The, the messenger. Well, that's always... what, that's where I was going with this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think this game looks cool. It looks a lot like the messenger, and the messenger just came out, you know, mm-hmm. last year into last year, and yeah, I think this game's got its work cut out for it in terms of like setting itself apart because it looks very similar to the messenger, right down to the way that it looks like you're bouncing off of enemies using sword attacks and things like that. Like it's, it's. I'm curious to see how it feels because it looks where the messenger looked more like eight sixteen bit Nintendo. Uh, this game looks more like a Genesis game. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was Sega Genesis. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Um, but Makers uh, of Land of Confusion. That's right. Uh, but uh, yeah, Sousudio. I don't know. It's it's interesting that. Uh, I see where you're going. Mm, yeah. um, it's it's interesting, but uh, it's also got its work cut out for it. Like that's what I'll say. Uh, is this the first game that Yacht Club has published that is not Shovel Knight? They just announced a, a they just announced another game that they're publishing. Okay. Yeah. Um, that is a like a ugh, I want to say it's an RPG. I know I'll, I'll get roasted on this, but let me let me double check while you guys go around Robin and talk about this game because <laughs> yeah. Well, we have nothing to say. Yeah. About wow, it. you have, really... have dragons, <laughs> okay, or numbers. I was I was talking to Tom about this before that it looks it looks pretty similar to a lot of other side scrolling action games that have come out recently. So, dude, the last it's been, there's it's, been so many. It, the last couple of years have been this weird sort of renaissance of pixelated 2D platformery side scrolly indie games, right? Mm-hmm. There have been so many of them so many of them that you need to do something to stand out. Like Zach said, it, yep. if you if you don't, you're just going to get eaten alive in that that field, which is so funny because I feel like before that genre sort of blew up, it was nowhere, right? Yeah. Like it was it, – it, people weren't making those games and then suddenly the market just got – like you hear people talking about BR games flooding in the market. There are – 20 times more indie side-scrolling 2D pixel art platformers than there are BR games right now. So, so I remember, I obviously, you know, covered games for a long time. I remember in the N64 age when 3D gaming was taking off, um, a lot of publishers said that even if they had a 2D game, they would not put 2D screenshots on the back of the box because it'd be a deterrent for people to buy it. Like, uh. everything had to be 3D. And I think that kind of, that wave caused a little bit of a, you know, of AAA publishers not paying attention to a genre like that. And it didn't really come back until the GBA really took off. And, you know, we saw Castlevania kind of take Well, that's what I was going to say. Is like, if you want to see something really funny, go back and read uh, IGN's Castlevania Symphony of the Night <laughs> review because it's like... Oh, it's a really great game, but it's so ugly. I don't know why they would make this 2D platformer all <laughs> What's pixelated. That? that guy is somebody fired that looks like super retro. wrong. But um, and to answer your previous question, um, they also pi- published the uh, Azure Striker Gunvolt collection on oh, Switch. Okay, okay. Um, I don't know where. I thought for sure that I had seen that they were publishing a, like an RPG as well, but mm. maybe that was just in my dreams. Yeah, yeah. I I, I would love for Yacht Club to follow up. Shovel Knight with like an actually in-house developed 16-bit RPG, but yeah, yeah. like Pickaxe Knight, Knight yeah. or something. Pickaxe Knight, <laughs> Backhoe Knight. Well, we're getting close to them being done with their Kickstarter responsibilities. God. Oh, Jesus, yeah. God, ten years, Never ten ends. years in the making yet. Yeah. So next, there's some more news. We're gonna get Overcooked Two DLCs, Campfire Woo. Cookoff, and the 2019 season pass. Um, 
Campfire Cook-Off comes out April 18th for $5.99. Um, it's com- coming with a new map called Trail Mix Trail. 12 levels, uh, four new chefs, and two recipes and some new mechanics that they haven't really uh, added on to. But we got uh, more DLC from Overhook 2 like for the new year. Last yeah. year that I didn't even know about. Yeah, we had the uh, we had the Chinese New Year stuff actually mm-hmm. this year. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Um. Th- th- I mean, it's it's awesome that they keep on supporting this game post release <laughs> with new stuff. It's a nice nice reason to go back and play again. It's yeah. still really good. Yeah, it's a good and fun game. And we have another announcement: uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood, which was originally announced lat um in E three last year, yeah, right? I think it's a so. Co op game, which is a follow up of uh, Wolfenstein two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it finally got an announcement date. It's going to come out on July 26th. Yeah. Hooray. Yeah, this game Switch, looks same time. bad ass. <laughs> you got you to gotta really respect Bethesda for being one of the only developers making AAA games like this who, in their announcement trailer, immediately is just like, oh, yeah, here it's also on Switch, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mortal Kombat did it, and everyone was like, that's amazing. And now we're still getting it with all these with Bethesda games, and I, I just appreciate it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what makes this game different from Wolfenstein 2, Zach? Ladies, you know? yeah. So, the well, narratively, characters. narratively, it takes place long after Wolfenstein Two, in that you you play as uh, B J Blazkowicz's daughters, his oh. twin daughters. Yeah, and so that's where the co op aspect comes okay, into play. Cool. Like you can play either of his twin daughters. He's gone missing, so they set out to find him. They they think he's in Paris. So yeah, if you watch the trailer, they they head to Paris, kill a bunch of Nazis out there. Um, but yeah, it just looks like more Wolfenstein, which is yeah. awesome. That game was probably my number two game the year that it came out mm. and like i have been waiting to get back into that world since then so like i'm really really stoked i regrettably i haven't played any of the dlc so but. be honest are you gonna play it on switch or are you nah, gonna play it on no. the other platforms? <laughs> <laughs> no i'm gonna play it on my playstation 4 pro on my big 4k tv yeah, yeah that's uh, that's always the challenge with these ports I, I think it's awesome that they're coming out for people who only have the switch me too but it's hard to decide to play these games on the Switch. Whereas like a lot of the 2D games, a lot of the, the indie games, I play on Switch, mm-hmm. even if they are on the other platforms. For for games that are only co-op, I'm very tempted to get them on the Switch because that means I can take it mm. with me, with my partner. So when we go on vacation and stuff, we can still bring our games that we're playing together. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I really like that for Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate because we can like take it with us and at night when we have nothing to do or winding down, we can play the game that we are already playing okay who had uh 24 minutes before casey mentioned monster monster hunter yeah who had <laughs> pay up 24 yeah oh, man. i know she's really skewing the average here i said 45 seconds i thought what yeah guys come on man. yeah did you know that we take bets yeah. uh there's a pokemon mentioned and a monster hunter well i know whoever she had a monster hunter mentioned earlier right actually you did just you just didn't notice oh really yeah. did yeah. i yeah yeah. Oh, Wait, you're what did right. I say? Yeah. For the 3DS. For the 3DS. Oh, yeah, oh I right. did. Yeah. Oops. Mm-hmm. No, that was no, that was me. That was you. I did it. You did that, Zach. Yeah. That was your fault. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to bait her. <laughs> Way to be Casey. So we also this is a kind of old news, but it came out after our show last week, and we got a new very extensive Labo VR game trailer, which mm-hmm. has way more stuff in it than I expected. What do yeah. you guys think? Like we, we got to see the blaster, the wind pedal, the bird, the <laughs> elephant, and the camera. And there are going to be 64 mini games in the VR Plaza. And it's going to be $79.99 and comes out on April 12th. 
The, some of the stuff is ridiculous. Oh, man. The wind pedal it, is so good. The it's wind simulating. Pedal is genius. It's simulating that you're jumping and mm-hmm. you're kicking. You're hitting this this pedal right, and mm-hmm. it makes it it basically moves a fan and it makes you feel a rush of air because you're falling down. You're like a frog. You're jumping in the air. And you're falling, so you get this rush of air. That's really cool. It's, it's so that funny. Is like that is legitimately genius. <laughs> like I'm I cannot overstate how incredible I think that is because yeah. not only is it like oh you know the cool sensation of air like that's yeah. fine or whatever. But that, as simple as it seems, that gust of air will help with motion sickness. <laughs> mm. The feeling of the blast of air while you're moving, that movement when you're mm. not actually moving is what makes you sick. But just having a little bit of sensory feedback from the real world that you're like kind of moving. Interesting. I hadn't even considered that. I hadn't either. Yeah, yeah. That's – it is – uh, it's so smart. It is so smart, and I check out the big brain on time. I'm, I'm really into it. Well, the the bird. I was a little disappointed that the bird. You don't actually look in its butt. I thought <laughs> it was going to be like a, on the bird. No, I thought it was going to be a study in anatomy and uh, where do <laughs> eggs come from. But it's literally you put a egg on your face, a bird on your face. That's and what you're you wanted. Flying that's around. what you wanted for Children of the World, yes. Paris, to yes. look like in a biology bird's butt. game. Yeah. yeah, biology. Like it's a cross section. You're a weird dude. Like, well, oh, say, look. Uh, we we definitely called it though two weeks ago, right? When mm-hmm. we were like, it's not going to be a huge game. It's probably going to be a lot of little experiences. Yeah. And hey, it's a lot of little experiences. Ex- exactly what we thought it was going to be in that regard. Yeah. Again, like the there are a lot of people who don't who are angry um, whenever a Labo set gets announced because they see it as cheap cardboard and the price is really high, right? Like eighty mm-hmm. bucks is a lot. Okay, but they but were just like dumping. Yeah, they were just dumping them at Target in stores for twenty bucks, and the the for the Robo full kit. kit yeah. the Robo Kit was seventeen ninety nine. Yeah, and even Whoa. if it doesn't go to your Target, even if it doesn't say the price, check with them because they they were dumping them all. Cheaper. Yeah, I saw you tweeting about it this weekend, yeah. and I was I was. Like, oh, should I, go I bought, and get a yeah. bunch of Labo? I bought three more because in like five years, everybody's Labo is going to have like gum and pen marks on it. And these pristine <laughs> things are going to be worth a lot of money. I'll sell them and I'll retire with my 300 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, I think it's really clever looking. The appeal is building these sets and then seeing how ingenious the, the software interaction is. Like what kind of tricks they build into the cardboard constructions and how that interfaces with the games. And then for kids, they can learn programming, Some have some light kind of um, program building mm-hmm. uh, tools and then can come up with their own stuff. I think it's really creative. Yeah, but a level editor. But cool. you are, yeah. you are everybody who, who doesn't want to play this, you're right, it's not going to last you. Like you're going to build these things and it's unlikely you'll go back you know two weeks later and and play this again yeah yeah the okay can i can i just say what literally every human being on the planet is thinking say the thing how is there not a pokemon snap game for that camera how is there not a pokemon Uh snap game for that camera how is there not a pokemon snap game for the switch at all or even when the wii u is out you like, they literally, well, they literally invented on. a motion tracked camera device for explain. your Switch in VR, and they're not making Pokemon. They need to release the Nintendo Switch Pro, which has a camera on the other side, and then you'll be able to walk around town and snap. snap no, <laughs> they not what first I want. need the camera because they're like, oh, AR Pokemon Go. They didn't foresee this. I want yep. super pretty Pokemon interacting in their natural environments like volcanoes. You need the Pro. Don't go into a volcano. <laughs> I would I would pay eighty dollars for mm-hmm. a Labo camera plus Pokemon Snap full game. Oh hell yeah! I would because that's the type of experience too that you can like put down and you don't have to like be in it for mm-hmm. extended periods of time. Oh man, you just I would play do that. One level, you're done. You know, a volcano is about the same temperature as this podcast podcast room. Nah, you're 
you're you're exaggerating. I, no. I prefer the temperature in here than the ice box that was the really. Studio. <laughs> yeah. This is. Um, this I wore pea coats in there because it was so cold. It's warm. <laughs> what else you got? What else have I got? So um, let's. <laughs> that's it for news, pretty much. There's a little bit of other stuff, but meh. Let's talk about games out this week instead, which includes Final Fantasy VII. Finally. Which this is new game. I know. Who have you guys heard of this game? Would have thought. It's a little indie game. Came out on Final PC first. Fantasy. Oh my gosh. Yep. No. Well, Stop. came out on PC before Switch. It did come out on PC for, for, before <laughs> Switch, but before that, it came out on the PlayStation One uh, after Square Enix decided to continue making games for PlayStation One instead this, of the 64. This is the coolest thing. It's literally it's taken this game now 22 years to finally release on the platform is what it was meant for. <laughs> yeah, wow. it was the. Final Fantasy VII on the N64, that was all the talk of the town back then. And they even showed little renders of super deformed characters and all that. Yeah, but those and renders then, were characters, Final Fantasy VI characters. Like, they were just playing with doesn't the Nintendo matter. 64 Doesn't matter. Don't destroy the dream here. <laughs> they, they, yeah. Uh, uh, but, but then the, that Switch was, that was such a big occasion that this major franchise jumped ship from Nintendo to this newcomer console. And obviously, so, um, Square didn't want to pay for the storage space on a cartridge for this game that they thought would have all these cutscenes, and you know that's it, it, it's arriving better late than never How now it's on the nintendo was the original i three. remember have okay yeah. yeah it was a it was a big case yeah, yeah. it was three discs yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. um and now it is a teeny tiny file final fantasy sd card final fantasy 7 is very very fondly remembered it's you know amongst many people's favorite games of all time it's a what it's a game that got a lot of people into japanese rpgs in a time where those weren't super popular it made square a boatload of money and made it the company that it is today but i'm of the unpopular opinion that this game has not aged well like i I think the localization is bad i think that the gameplay itself is like pretty mediocre because it was like Here's a company that's learning how to make 3D games for the first time. And like I think some of the cinematics and stuff are beautiful, but like the story barely makes sense. It's like it's obtuse, you know? Mm-hmm. And like I know I'm gonna get roasted for this, but it's fine. Like I've said this on a number of different podcasts and stuff, but like I think that Final Fantasy eight and nine are better games. <laughs> And and at least nine is now available okay, for Switch. I, I think seven has story beats that few other RPGs had did for years after oh, the title. Can you name one? No, I'm not going to give it away, but like the everyone knows what happened. Yeah, but the, you know, like the to to kill off a main character and 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 to kind of toy with your emotions was was really unique, and I think that all that stuff still works for me. I I went from having adored four, five, and six. I played the Japanese versions, having adored those games to this one, and was disappointed that they had broken the kind of the grid setup. And like it felt less interactive and less defined, and I didn't enjoy the environments that much. But a lot of people didn't like that 16-bit look anymore, and mm-hmm. were looking forward to something that had more painterly backgrounds and all of that. And to them, this is one of the most seminal RPG experiences. I don't, right? uh, yeah, I don't argue that it's not yeah. a seminal RPG for sure. But, so it's yeah. it's 15.99. Is it worth playing if someone has never played Final Fantasy VII? I think nine. I, I would Zach play nine first. Yeah, I'd play yeah. nine as well. Yeah, nine over seven. But it's it is a piece of gaming history, and it it is a an RPG grade. I'd be curious to see stats on how many people who haven't played Final Fantasy VII pick this up for Switch and actually make it all the way through. Yeah, yeah, probably not many. No, especially the other thing to remember is that this is like 
the mobile port version, that which is actually pretty PS4 good on PC, but yeah. it's got like little problems. Like there are glitches that mm-hmm. have been in it since the PS4 version. But nine has nine Switch has version. similar glitches as well, like the audio glitches and stuff right, like that. Like right. they're, they're, it's something in yeah. those mobile ports that, that Square reading, hasn't figured out. I was reading that the the soundtrack that the music is playing it will restart from the beginning after every time you fight, so you'll never get through the entire track. I know nine does that. Yeah. And that was and that was thankfully patched out of at least some of the other versions. So, but not the Switch version. Not it is in the Switch version mm-hmm. still, and they're going to try to. Hopefully, they're going to fix it. I don't know if they will. I wish that they would put eight on Switch, but hey, I'd pl- yeah, I'm playing through nine again right time, now. Apparently, yeah, hey, that's what I've heard. Hey Zach, do you always have this very white voice? We just don't notice. No, the other I've mic. been sick. Or, oh, I see. I've been okay. sick, and so my voice yeah. is, is a little lower, is a little lower this week. Hey everybody, hey, everybody. this is Zach Ryan. So <laughs> it's nice. You should keep it. Thanks, Bear. Yeah, yeah. Our listeners improved four hundred twenty-five percent. So also out this week is a game that um, Tom beat last night it in did. one sitting. Right? It's very um, weird in twenty nineteen to like play a game and just beat it and be like, cool. Um, it's called The World Next Door. It's Viz's um, first published game, and it's Ooh. developed by Rose City Games. And I am really liking it. It was one of the games that I picked out during a Nindies Direct last year as my most anticipated game. Um, and I'm really loving it. I'm kind of sad that Tom said it's only about, what, three to four hours long? It took me, yeah, somewhere in there. It took me less than four hours to beat. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a narratively driven RPG with match three live action puzzle mechanics. Yeah. Ooh. Does that make sense? So when you're actually battling, you are... Pl- playing on like a top-down world where you see runes show up on tiles Mm -hmm. and you have to move the runes to make matches of at least three and then activate them to attack the opponent which is also running around on the board trying to attack you at the same time Hmm. and the different combinations do different things also depending on how big the match is Mm -hmm. and then you can also um, switch out your party members which give you act which give you access to different moves depending on how you arrange certain runes. Mm-hmm. And the bosses are really interesting. I think the story is cool and the character design is really neat. Mm. It's really lovely. Yeah. What kind of characters do they have? Does it have any creatures? It, yeah, yeah, they do. They what have kind lots of creatures. creatures do they have? So let's see, some of your friends. <laughs> okay, are there no. dragons in no. the game? Or no, okay, okay. I was just, well, not that I've I was seen. Just checking whether one there of, was. One of yeah. the main characters, his name is Rainy, and he okay. is a water drake. Okay, well, that's that is, close enough. But he looks like a like a human with blue hair and like horns and a tail. So yeah. since Casey's biased, Tom, would you say <laughs> this, this game is um, worth the 15 bucks? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I I played it and I thought it was a solid seven out of ten sort of game, right? Okay. Like it is a definitely good, good like a good game, mm-hmm. and uh, I really like the puzzle battle mechanic too. Um, it was just like it introduced a lot of ideas that it kind of like the short length sort of didn't like deliver on in the end. Like okay. it, it has a lot of. Well, and to Casey's point, it is so pretty, and the writing is really nice, and the music is great, and the character design is really lovely. Like it is, it is a very well made game. Um, it almost tried to. We were talking about this earlier. It almost evokes like some sort of Persona vibes to it, where like you're texting your friends and you're like walking around town, like doing social hmm. things, and then you go into a dungeon and like do a battley thing, and then you oh, go back cool. out and you do more talky things. And I like that rhythm. <laughs> The the it just was like so short that a lot of the things it introduced like never had a conclusion. Yeah, I was gonna say, how do you cram all of that into something that's four hours long? Right. right. I would have. I would. And I think that's a probably a a good sign if my complaint about this game is I wanted to play it for another four yeah. times as long. Like that's a good thing, right? Yeah. 
Um, it very much felt like an episode one in an episodic game, and it is not like pitched as that, as far as I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely cool. And if you like match three games, it's one to look at. If you like narrative games, it's one to look at. Uh, I'll leave it up to you if you you pull the trigger though. Cool. Hmm. They also have um. So the official soundtrack is actually on Spotify. It's good music. Look that up, and cool. I wonder they're giving out comics at GDC, which was basically like a prequel to the World Next Door, and show um, the main character June like texting her friend and mm-hmm. learning a little bit about the world. And I wonder if it's available somewhere online. Did but. you break that down? By the way, it's a super cool concept. Hmm? The what the is? world and the setup. Oh yeah, so Emerus, um, the whole concept is based on like you live on Earth with a bunch of humans, and you have a. Um, there's basically a parallel world called Emerus, and once a generation, about once every 20 years, a portal opens up, and if you apply for a lottery, you have a chance to travel to the other world. Um, you can only be there for 24 hours, as that's the only amount of time that the portals are open, and then you have to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how you get started off. There's this girl who's not really missed by her parents. She's 17. She goes to this other world to visit. The thing that I really like about it is that the way they pitch it, too, is, like, Earth is, like, grew up with technology yes. and Emerus grew up with magic. And so right. Emerus is basically just Earth, but everywhere you'd have tech, you just have magic mm-hmm. instead. And there's even, like, little – like, there was a funny conversation I had with some characters in the game at one point who were like, I don't know, man. I think magic is making us all lazy. All we do is <laughs> sit around and, like, use magic to do things. That's and funny. it's, like it's, – yeah. it's really self-aware like that and it's uh, – I really liked that stuff. Yeah, we, we break into shrines that they equivalent – they – make the equivalent is like oh it's like earth power plants yeah it's, it's really where neat. magic comes from it's cool i i like it i think i mean i haven't finished it yet but from just what i've played so far i would still recommend it for the 15.99 yeah i'd, right. I'd highly i definitely recommend you don't overlook it at yeah, the very least exactly so um also another game so this um was actually dragon marked for death came out in online digital only packages uh, in January but the physical release is finally out now um, and it comes with both of those two smaller packages in one and is also bundled with some DLC that's going to come out later as well it's a side it's an action side scrolling action RPG where you have like actual levels and you can increase your stats and like attack and HP and magic and you have a bunch of different characters to choose from that all play differently and the story is pretty interesting, and it's made by some people who also um, – it's by uh, Inti Creates, and some of the people on that team also worked on Mega Man before. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only played the first level, but the premise and the setup is pretty interesting. You basically are playing as a girl who's one of the only two, survival, two survivors of a village that was completely desecrated by a like divine state that – worship celestial because your village worshiped an astral dragon and she goes and gets away hey don't look at me like that i'm not doing anything (laughs) i feel like we should have like a like a peewee herman style thing where anyone says dragon we all like scream like "Ah!" casey's Casey's dragon corner yeah no keep going but um she become whoever whatever character you choose as in the beginning gets imbued with the astral dragon's power to enact revenge onto this uh, state that destroyed your village so gameplay though similar to Mega Man it looks very gunstar heroes like visually yeah I would yeah. I would say so you have yeah. um you slash with a sword you have a long range attack that you can charge up you also have a special attack that's also close range mm. you have a grappling hook and you have HP and you can pick up equipment and like increase your stats and stuff and find secrets in the world. There's some like cool. small 
puzzles to get through as you're going through. I think it's really cool and interesting. It's really pretty. The music is great. Um, that is out for physical release for $50. And if you want a chance to win it, you can come to IGN.com on Friday as part of the Daily Win. This is for U.S. residents only. But, yeah, we'll be giving away a few copies on the site on Friday. Yeah, we're giving away a game every day. So mm-hmm. come to check on the IGN homepage. All you have to do is enter your into your email and your IGN username. That's it. Just, just need the email to contact you. Yeah, just something new that we're doing to give back. Yep. It's really cool. And I'm glad that we're able to give away a cool Switch game. Um, Mark, um, Tom Marks, why did I Hi. call you Mark? Mark Toms. Okay. Hey, Mark. Like, it is technically a part of your name. Hey, I'm how so often, sorry. How often do you get email addresses? Or how <laughs> often do you Mark. get emails that are addressed to Mark? Hi, hey, Mark. Mark. Oh, a yeah. lot. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> minimum once a week. Yeah. Nice. So I was talking to uh, one of our... Uh, PR reps who also has two first names mm-hmm. and like I also get that all the time where it's like hello Ryan and it's like well that's not me right. <laughs> yeah so when I first started working here I actually wasn't sure which one was your first name yeah. but I was like N- nobody Zach is. wouldn't be a last name I mean that, that doesn't make any sense yeah. but Ryan yeah. is a last I've name I've actually met so. a guy named Ryan Zachary which Wait, really wigged seriously? me seriously oh, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> my deduction is wrong <laughs> No, but hey, um, Tom, you put this game on. Uh, she Remembered Caterpillars comes out on March 28th. Tell yeah. from the title that you put this game on. <laughs> she, she Remembered Caterpillars sounds like a band that I would have listened to in like 2005. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Um, it is just a game I wanted to call out really fast. It's been It came out on PC two years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a puzzle game, a very kind of straightforward puzzle game, but the plot that sort of ties it together is this really heartfelt story about dealing I think with can- cancer if oh. I remember correctly yep. um, but that like, you can like, kind of skip through the plot if you just want the puzzles the puzzles are really fun uh, it's a lovely lovely game this really nice hand drawn art style the art style is really super cool, cool. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, a great. really, really, really pretty neat. game yeah. Um, and it yeah it's just I mean I come on this show and I talk about little puzzle games that I like a lot and it's just mm-hmm. seemed like one that yep. definitely like if you like if you've liked any of the puzzle game recommendations I've given so far this is definitely definitely one to look at nice, nice. I'll Jinx. play that so, hey, also out this week Jinx. is Yoshi's Crafted World, which Tom reviewed. I did. Tom, what was the review score? Uh, it was a 7.8. Nice. Which very good yeah, on Yeah, it's a very, very scale. good game. And is everybody mad because 7.8 is 7.8? It's because 7.8, it's not, it's not an 8, no. right? It's not an 8. So on our no. scale, that's a good. So, yeah. you know, you gave it a high 7, which is good to great. No, I, yep. think, I think it's a very good game. I really do. Uh, it just is, like, such a – it is, a, like, if – Leading into this, you probably had an idea of what Yoshi might be like, and it is that. It is just exactly what you'd expect from a Yoshi game. It's really adorable. It's really well-made. It's very fun. It's very easy, and it's not much more. So, but that's not what Yoshi used to be, and i got to always bring that up. Yoshi's yes, a modern Yoshi Yoshi's game. story was easy, yeah. like ridiculously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yoshi's, y- y- Yoshi's, Yoshi's Island, Island yeah, before that was not easy. Yes, this is not a return to Yoshi's yeah. Island. This is the modern, I mean, and Woolly World was similar, right? Mm-hmm. Woolly World was, again, really fun game, mm-hmm. not that hard, not yeah. that, doesn't break the mold in really any way. It just is like a very good Yoshi platformer. But yeah. That's what this is. It's a I, very feel like, Yoshi I feel like the Yoshi and Kirby games are sort of analogous now in that like they have <clears throat> primary objectives which is get from point A to point B and they're not super challenging yeah. but the challenge lies in like getting all the collectibles and finding all the unlockable levels and those levels are typically more challenging so. yeah and I will yeah. say I so there's smiley flowers to find in every level there's like between like five smiley and flowers. five and yeah, nine yeah, yeah. yeah they're great uh, and then <laughs> there's also 20 red coins that are hidden throughout a level uh-huh. yeah uh, I can count the number of times I 100% at a level on my first time through it on one hand yeah. right like they the red coins 
actually make you go and look for them. They're deviously hidden. Yeah, they're yeah. they're tricky and and in a good way, not in like a frustrating way. Sure. Um, the other part you brought up though, the post game levels, there are literally only four. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The credits roll, and then you get four extremely hard, extremely fun levels, and then it just is like over. That's it. Yeah. And and I know this game. One of the com- complaints I've already gotten from people is like, oh, why are you complaining? It's easy or why not hard enough levels? It's for kids. But like the point Dan Stapleton brought up to me when I talked about right. kids games with him recently. <laughs> And I, I love... Th- is he a shy guy? Yeah. <laughs> That's what Dan sounds like. Wow, wow, there we go. <laughs> Dang. Wow. Yeah, there we go. Um, the, the, the point he brings up, and I think it's such an eloquent way to put it, is like, <laughs> well, kids like playing good games, right? Mm-hmm. Like, kids, kids are smart, and kids don't want crazy, difficult things. They want to be able to play through the game, but they also don't want it to just be like nothing no mm-hmm. sure and but it depends on the age I, I i would say for young kids this this game definitely ha- has much more value because it isn't frustratingly difficult and right. nintendo's been really good at adding elements to their games that make um even you know make parents can let parents enjoy but also kids um, yeah. like new super mario brothers has different player characters with different powers it has the bubble mechanic captain toad has the pointer co-op mode in the original now it has a co-op mode for a second player like nintendo's really good at creating games now i think for parents to play with younger kids and this one seems to be matching that yeah and the the thing that occurs like if you look at odyssey mm-hmm. odyssey is such a good example of it's easy to get to the end of that game, the credits of Odyssey, right? Yeah. It's not very difficult to beat Odyssey. But not for a five-year-old or a six-year-old, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not trying to— Whereas, like, Yoshi, you can. Like, right. kids can enjoy it. They just—there's nothing really threatening you. Right. And that, yeah. that that's— Those poor shy guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, like, specifically what I meant. What I meant is, like, it, it's it's not kids game friendly, but it is it's fairly simple to get beatable. to the end of Odyssey. It's beatable. Yeah. But then to get to the end of Darker Side, yeah. it's h- a lot harder, and they ramp it up. And then to get like a like the the next level mm-hmm. after that is even harder. But the thing about there's not really that scaling okay. in Yoshi and Kirby games. It's just a bunch of really fun, really creative, fairly easy levels, and then like. Four really hard ones, and they, that's it. They walk, they walk in the park games. Like you are yeah. literally part of the enjoyment is to see the creativity in the levels yeah. and like explore them. But yeah, the shy, the shy guys will walk left and right and not come after you. you oh know? no, it's they like, a lot of them don't even do that. Yeah. A lot of them in this one are literally like I felt bad. The yeah, shy guys are just kind of chilling, and you're yeah. like, oh, it's like oh, you're, you're you smelling egg. a flower over there. Screw you. Some of egg. them are so cute. Some of them are like hiding behind bushes. Like you can see the little uh, the butterflies like flapping around and then you knock the bush away and it's actually a shy guy with a butterfly on a stick just kind of shaking it like yeah. it's really cute i think the the costumes are really adorable and oh, the way the you get them are, are awesome so... you use a, a like a one of those gumball gotcha machines yeah it's a it's a capsule machine yeah. cute and you put coins in that you earn in levels and then you get uh you get costumes out like a boat or a trash can there's so many there's so many silly costumes. I, I can't, I'm I'm really looking forward to playing it. I know it's chill and I know it's easy, but yeah. I just love the you know maybe it's the Labo fan in me the the constructions and seeing the backsides of the levels and all of that. Yeah, I I'm mean, really stuck to play it as well. There's this also just frankly, if I can rant for just a moment, there's a stigma around the number seven in a review, right? It, mm-hmm. the, it's like oh, it's only I didn't give it an eight, therefore I think it's bad. And it's like no, I'm saying this is a very good game. I think anybody who liked the other Yoshi games or, or Kirby games because Zach I think you're right that they are similar in that vibe yeah. you're going to like this it's a fun fun game it's just like I 
it proved it could have been a little more than that and it didn't really try to and like that's not that doesn't ruin it mm-hmm. by any means it's just you know it's not much more than that cool yeah. so i know you guys are excited to play yoshi but what are you guys playing now Ooh, lots of stuff Go ahead. Yeah. Me? Yeah. Perry, I know you've been wanting to talk about uh, um, Captain Toad for a while. Yeah, so Captain Toad's DLC is out. So you can, uh, you obviously have the new co-op mode, so you mm-hmm. can go back into any level and play with two players, which I did with my daughter and my son, and it's it's just really fun. Uh, it can be a little bit annoying because you share camera control. So if you, <laughs> if you rotate the level and, like, let's say you're walking on a straight line and the other player turns the camera, you can fall off. And <laughs> so that's a, that's a little annoying. But it's, it is really fun to be able to solve the puzzles now, and it's easier because there's some time challenges. Like, uh, for example, in the DLC pack, the um, it's called uh, the Search for the Legendary Crown. Uh, you, find, uh, you find a crown, and that will trigger a crown location somewhere else and it's timed. It does the tick, 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 and it'll disappear. So you can position the other player already close to it, and then collect that crown, and it'll jump to another place. So you can kind of really cool. plan and work together. Um, it's it's really cute. I mean, if you like Captain Toad, it is more of the same. The levels are um, there are a lot of uh, haunted mansion type levels where you're walking around in the dark, and the players have flashlights, and you have to shine them at the booze. They're like small ones and big ones, and the weird like zombie walking ones. I forget what they're called. And like you basically um, you can destroy them with the flashlight, and it lights these torches. And then when you finish the level, one of the uh, bonus objectives is you know light all the torches. There's even a train, so they're not as confined where it's like a you know like a, a kind of like a square you rotate. There's a train where you walk from the very back to the very front. So like more <laughs> like a traditional like side scrolling stage like that's that. really cool. Yeah, it's it's super fun. Nice to see him breaking outside of you the box. You should play it. Yeah, and then I'm, I'm playing a bunch of, like, Golf Peaks, this game that uh, Tom recommended. It's like a isometric puzzle game where you uh, get little cards that show you how many squares you can hit a ball. It's a mini golf game. <laughs> and, like, a, it gets more and more complicated on how you have to ricochet them off the walls. And It's, it's so cute. funny because it's a golf game with cards that is neither a card game nor a golf game. It, it's just a puzzle game. Yeah. <laughs> And then a couple of other games that came out a while back that uh, I didn't get to. One is Claybook. Claybook is a little bit like a Katamari Damacy game uh, where everything in the world is made from clay. And it actually has really cool-looking graphics. Like, everything is, like, squishy, and you can shapeshift your character. You can be, like, a ball or, like, a, you know, a little rolly thing. And you can roll around, and you displace the other clay pieces, Mm -hmm. and you have to find stuff. It's a... It's definitely a game for for younger players, I think, but it's like a cool kind of world manipulation game that plays with physics and like just like the the squishy clay stuff. Um, Airheart is like if you take 1942, remember that side-scrolling like top-down airplane game, the mm. classic one. It's like a shooter like that, but more in an open world okay. where you're flying around and you can do fishing. Yeah. And you can harpoon stuff and like weird. Yeah, it's really Is that cool. The one where you go up and down layers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You go, that. you traverse between levels. It's um, it's just a really cool concept to take that like two D shooting to like a different setup. It is a little bit more chill than a traditional like side scrolling shooter because you can control your direction and stuff. Uh, I like that one. And then finally, I think we'll talk a little bit about Baba Is You, but maybe somebody else wants to lead on that one. Baba. Yeah. I have been playing Baba's You. Um, I've also been playing Sekiro, but Sekiro's not on Switch, so we can't talk about that. I'm Yet. sorry, Zach. Yeah, no, it's not, no, it's, no. No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm playing that too, and it's kicking my ass. Mm-hmm. I really, yeah. I, I really love that game. But, me too. but Baba is You is also kicking my ass. <laughs> yeah. Yes, also Baba that. is You is might maybe harder than Sekiro. <laughs> yeah. So it, that's so, something you were talking about, Tom. Like, yeah. So we all really fell in love with Baba's You. It was yeah. really fun. It's awesome. I'm loving it. Tom, you got into a really later level and are maybe falling out of love. 
not falling out of love. I still think it is one of the most clever, fun, cool, weird puzzle games I have ever played. But I think that it's once you get past the midpoint of it, it starts losing some of the charm that makes it so clever at the very beginning, which is the very first few levels make you feel so like weird and smart and cool because you can just do any combination of like pushing let words mm-hmm. into other things and like you can solve levels a number of ways and it's sort of just on you to figure out I think you're weird and smart and cool aw yeah thanks Uh uh-huh anyway the later levels feel like there's one answer there's one solution and you just have to be smart enough to figure it out and it feels like a lot more restrictive in being able to like experiment with an idea of how to solve something it doesn't make it bad it just means it is so much harder than I was expecting it to be that it doesn't it didn't make me feel as empowered as those early levels did. Yeah. Baba is you. I mean, I definitely recommend downloading it, oh, even though it, I, I kind agree. Of, it gets harder and harder and can get frustrating. Just the genius of it. Like, it's there's this existential question who Baba is. <laughs> and, like, if you erase the wrong thing, then Baba doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And, like, the game is yep. over. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just the... Just the kind of mind-bending things where you control part of the environment because the environment is you. Like you change the phrase. Yeah, it's just wall so cool. is you, rock is you. I love yeah. that. It's so it's, good. If rock is you and rock is win, then you win. But That's you right. are also win. And yeah. I, I will say also if you are intimidated by me saying that and that it gets really, really hard, one of the things that Baba is you does extremely well is give you a lot of different places to go. At any given time, you can have – half a dozen to a dozen different puzzles to go try. Yeah. So if you get stuck in a dead end, you can easily just walk away and go to a different one and try to find a different path. Yeah. That's it's, like when I get stuck in uh, a, a tough boss fight by FromSoft's hit game Sekiro. <laughs> yes. I did, I did the same exact thing. You can't thing. go anywhere. Yeah. No. Uh, no, it's definitely, it's one of those games where the concept is so unique and fresh that I, I feel like you just have to try it out. Yeah. Like, just to see the genius of you know, a creative mind at work. You'll there. get it in two levels. Yeah, you'll go, so oh, good. I understand why this is so cool. Yeah. Play it, please. So, question block. Oh, I don't get to talk about what I'm playing. What are you playing, Zach? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I have been. Thing is blank. I'm sorry. I have been playing a ton of Sekiro. Um, like it's going out of style, but also because I'm a glutton for punishment, I've also been playing Cuphead on Switch. Oh Ooh. man, why um, are you doing that to yourself? Wait, <laughs> yeah. you already have it. Yeah, you jerk. I know. Um, so that game is amazing. Um, it's so so good, and I can't believe the way it looks. Like I didn't play it on Xbox, um, just because I'm I'm not an Xbox boy. But uh, <laughs> holy moly, does it look incredible! And uh, it runs nicely. Oh, it's so yep. smooth, and like yeah, it's it's a brilliant, just punishing game. But the, like the animations are just so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you see the characters, and like they're so overdrawn, just like the classic cartoons. Yeah, like everything is just big, right? Yeah, and. Uh, but it is a game that makes me very, very mad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> more mad than Sekiro? Yeah. Mm, no, no, nothing makes anybody no. more mad than Sekiro. <laughs> no. You should try Baba as you. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I think Brian was saying that he got really mad. By the way, Brian is at PAX East right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why If, if you're there um, and you listen to this in time, I think on Friday they're doing a game panel. It's on Thursday. It's on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. And it's in the Albatross room. I know yeah. that because I listened to Game Scoop. Oh. Yeah. Where Sam thought it was the Albatross, which oh. is the Mario character, like the bomb dropping yeah. albatrosses. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yes, they're called Albert Toss. I mean, that would be on brand. Fast. Localization, yeah. woohoo! <laughs> really fast because mm-hmm. I don't have anywhere else to brag about it. Yeah. I want to say I played Pikmin Three again. And you beat it. Nice. I rebeat it. Isn't it good? I, I mean, I've played it. I played it when it came out. But man, on the Wii U. how cool is that weird met, liquid metal creature yeah. boss? Yeah, like it's such a good that game. Pikmin Three holds up, and oh, honestly, man. I will say. I was kind of surprised by how much I really missed holding the gamepad and doing the touchscreen and all that. Like, I, it felt very natural again, and yeah. I, I really liked it. It's it so really funny because I saw you, I saw you tweeting about it this weekend yeah. or last weekend, and I was like, I could play Pikmin again. Yeah, yeah I kind of want to play it again yeah. too. I literally had to dust off. Oh, yeah. my Switch screen because it wasn't working. Your Wii U, right? yeah. Your Wii U. Yeah. Excuse me. Thank you. It was. Yeah, I, I'm very, very, very glad I went back to that. So when are we going to get a new Pikmin game? Uh, Not soon enough. Yeah. Yesterday is my answer. Uh, Good game. Hey, so now it's time for another game called Question Block. Oh, that's actually not a game. I think we have time for like one question. Perfect. Pick a question for us. Um, I don't know. Take take Harry's. Take Harry's? Okay. Friend of the show. Yeah. Harry. Gosh, I'm I'm still awful at pronouncing last name. We want to hear. Loisitis. Yeah, Yeah, that might be it. Close. <laughs> um, but uh, he's on our Nintendo um, voice chat podcast forums on, on Facebook. Facebook. And he says, what franchise would you want to see in the Yoshi Crafted World engine? Mario. Is that the art style? Is that like yeah. the I would, idea? I would say the art style. I feel like Mario needs a refresh on art style. And I really like what they did with that kind of little big planety looking Crafted World stuff. I'd love to see a Mario game in that. Also, I would like, like to see an F-Zero game in there, that, but then everybody would be mad. Yeah. Can you imagine? They put a, did put like a Metroid a, game they did in like there. A toy, a toy version of yeah. F-Zero, like a racing game. People would be like, no. Yeah, I'll, I'll say a Metroid game, but only because I want a Metroid game and not... <laughs> well, last week you weren't here, but we established that um, Steam World. I was here last oh, week. Oh, that was Brian. Other, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not Zach Brian. Well, yeah. You're all right. Yeah. It's okay. Similar it's enough. been a long week. Tom, do you want any game in the uh, Crafted World engine? Nah. Nah. No. Just happy See, it's Yoshi. That's, that's my real answer too. It's like I'm just glad that it's Yoshi. It's fine. I, I, I like that Yoshi's doing it. Honestly, in this movie is an unpopular opinion. I don't really like the crafted woolly aesthetics. Oh. Much. Well, that's I, the end of Tom's appearances on Nintendo Voice Shadow. <laughs> I think that they're lovely and I liked them like for a time when they used them. I don't really want to see it be the only style Yoshi is ever in. I agree. That's all. I would um, love it as okay. I'll take that back. I would love it as a world or a couple of levels in a Mario game. Mm. Right. Because I, I got I got tired of the new Super Mario Brothers look. Like replaying it, I'm like, yeah. I, I'm ready for something else. Mm-hmm. Even that uh, weird Picasso look. No, they, it's not Picasso. That's Van Gogh. It's Van Gogh. That's yeah, right. Starry good, Night. Good job, that's though. right. Yeah. That one's good. Yeah. Not at all the the same. No, not Terrible. close. Yeah. <laughs> I know, so... <laughs> You're lucky you have a sexy voice today. Thank you. <laughs> so I know Pokemon already has, like, a toy spinoff called Pokemon Rumble, but I think Pokemon toys in the style of Yoshi's Crafted World would be absolutely oh, yeah. adorable. Very true. And would good. would spawn an adorable line of new Pokemon merchandise yeah. that I can spend money that I don't have on. Like a <laughs> pop-up book version of Pokemon would yeah, be really cool. Yeah, it'd be really it. cute. Yeah. So I guess that is all about it. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Tom Marks, where can we find you? Uh, Twitter at Tom R. Marks. What about you, Zach Ryan? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at ZacharySD. And Pear Snyder. I'm Pear IGN. If you counted all the dragon references uh, references that Casey dropped, tweet them at me. That's right. <laughs> what? Are you guys going to keep track yes. now? Yeah. <laughs> we want to know. We want to see what the record is. The game is called Dragon March for Death. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah there's another one. Ball. Tally it up. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and I'm Casey DeFridis. You can find me on Twitter at ShinyKCD. Thank you so much for listening. You can catch us every week on Thursdays at 3 p.m., 
And this is also the only place you can get the thing. Get the thing. Wow. <laughs> oh, baby. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.